This is the Diamond Hogs Podcast with Mason Choate and Robert Stewart. Welcome to the Diamond Hogs Podcast. I'm your host, Mason Choate, joined by the Robert Stewart. We're your favorite Razorback baseball podcast. Your favorite. And we're the premier Razorback baseball podcast. Uh, We have players on every week. We have great content. We're part of hogbeat.com covering Arkansas baseball, basketball, football, a lot of great stuff. And we're excited to talk to you once again every Monday, Friday. Well, unless there's a series starting on Thursday, then we start on Thursday. But the Diamond Hogs podcast, tell your friends about it. A lot to get to today, Robert. Arkansas beat Ole Miss. Weather played a factor. It was uh, an interesting series. We had boots on the ground. You were in Oxford, which, I mean, you were there, so I I can't I, I didn't have you know the firsthand experience like I wasn't there. But do I need to drop Oxford in my college town rankings? Honestly, I I think I I was pleasantly surprised by Oxford. If, if we're being completely honest, um, I thought I thought Swayze Field was a very good ballpark. Um, I was uh, I was waiting for brunch Friday morning before the doubleheader at place called big bad breakfast which has since hey, hey no free ads no free ads anyway uh it, it was a very popular place and i heard some old miss fan talking about how they need a new ballpark and i'm like what like they just built this nice club level within the last five or ten years uh they've they've got these new stands out in right center field i mean they just they just won a national title. I mean, things seem to be going very well for, for Ole Miss. I mean, not not in conference play so far this year, but uh, I I like Swayze Field a lot. Oxford's a quaint little town. It's it's no Fayetteville, of course, but um, it in my mind it blows Starkville out of the water. All right, that's fair enough. That I mean, like when you're in the state of Mississippi, it's kind of hard to like yes. hit a certain level. But it's yeah. good to hear that Oxford was a. Uh, Oxford was okay for you. So we had a double, another double header on Friday. Second double header of the season, I believe. They, not had, only, they had the not one only, at LSU. Yeah. Not only is it the second road double header of the year, it's the second time that, like in 2021, they also played double headers in Baton Rouge and Oxford. Okay. Well, uh, interesting. So you were there Thursday night, and then they just cancel it, like, what, 30 minutes? It what. It was about 25 minutes before first pitch. I think that was when the decision was made. So like 20 minutes, I see I see the Rebels running to uh, the tarp, which is on the third base side in foul territory. I'm like, why are they why are they going over there? And then they start rolling the tarp out. I was like, oh, well, I guess we're not playing tonight. Needed needed a tarp guy there. You, you're not you're we not. Needed the, we needed guy. the tarp master. <laughs> I would have been able to t- tell you like an hour before first pitch. Hey, they're about to roll the tarp out, guys. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was. I well for from a fan perspective, which we don't have, it was probably unfortunate. But from a perspective of I just wrapped up football practice coverage and I would like to spend time with my wife, I was okay with it. And so then you had the doubleheader on Friday, though. Hogs get the win in the first game, uh, lose in the second game, and then they win on Saturday. So Ole Miss a tough team, man. You know, like for a team that is only has what two conference wins, like they're, I mean, they're a good ball club, and you know, it's it's almost shaping up the way it did last year for them. Hopefully, it doesn't end the way it it did last year for them. Um, but Arkansas gets the series win, so let's just talk through it. The first game, Hunter Holland's back. 
He's back. I don't, I don't back. think he was ever gone. I don't. I don't think we can ever say he was ever gone. Right. I. I think. Um. You know, based on the comments we heard at the Swatters Club, it. It sounds like he was. He was really just tipping against Alabama because. I mean, how else do you explain he was so bad that he gave up seven runs on ten hits? That I mean, there's there's no other explanation after what he did to LSU the week before, and then what he does to Ole Miss the week after. So right. Um. Yeah. I mean, six shutout. Meanwhile, one of the most complete performances on the offensive side of the things the whole season. Um, everybody in the lineup gets a hit, including Parker Rowland and John Bolton. Um, also- Which is just wild. I, did you – so you you did your takeaway story. Did you, like, look – I'm going to be quite honest with you. I didn't read all of it, which I, I should have, but it was late at night. Um do you have stats for how many games Parker Rowland and John Bolton both have a hit in? This is a good one. So I'm going to, I'm going to look for this. Uh, what if there's a break where you just talk a bunch? Okay. I mean, okay. I can talk right now. I can, I can, well, let me do the stats. I want I want to finish that thought. Um, eight, the, the, the final eight of nine innings in, in that first Friday game, at least one hit for, for Arkansas. So, um, like I said, very, very complete performance. 11 runs, 15 hits. At, uh, that'll play. Now, that, that'll play. I, I am on a quest to find to find this stat. Okay. That you to While Robert's on his quest, I will talk through this game. So Arkansas wins 11 to 2, as Robert mentioned, 15 hits. Uh, you get two out of Josenberger in the leadoff. The big story was Brady Slavens is back. He has the grand slam, three hits, five RBI. Uh, Brady Slavens, man, we, I mean, it, it was a big thing coming into this series. We even asked Dave Van Horn about it at the Swatters Club. Like, hey, you think Brady's good? Like, is, is he going to pick it up? And he, sure enough, he did. And, you know, that was the, the grand slam in the, in the top of the fifth. That was huge because at that point, Arkansas was only up to nothing. Uh, Hunter Holland really only had one more inning left in him, but you get six in the top of the fifth. Arkansas goes up eight to nothing. Play one more in the top of the sixth, and then just two more for, for the heck of it in the top of the ninth. That's how you get your eleven runs. Uh, let's see what else. Caleb Cowley, another you know uh, performance from Caleb Cowley where you're like, okay, this is the Caleb Cowley that everybody was talking about. Because for those of you who weren't able to go to the the preseason scrimmages, the fall scrimmages, and didn't see the Caleb Cowley that we saw, um, you're starting to see him. This is this is the Caleb Cowley where we're like this dude's the best hitter on the team, and um, man, he's fun to watch. I'm happy for Caleb Cowley to be quite honest with you. Like I'm, like we kind of put a lot of eggs into the Caleb Cowley basket preseason, not just us, but like all of the reporters covering Arkansas baseball. So it was it was disappointing because we're like, man, we look like idiots right now. Um, but. I think I'm more happy for Caleb Cowley than I am for ourselves. You know, like he needed to get it going. I think he's a good kid. I think that he he just wants to play some ball, and now he's getting to do it at a high level. Yeah, you want to hear a fun Caleb Cowley stat yeah. that I wrote about? Uh, let's see if I can find it here. So he's he's hitting 222 on the year, which, of course, is not great. Um, 350, roughly OBP, 500 slugging percentage. Let's let's uh let's cut out February when he went 0 for 10 with several strikeouts. Um change it to 264, 391, so about 35 points better in the OBP 
and then almost 100 points better on the slugging percentage. He's the only guy since March 1st with at least 50 at-bats to to have an OPS above 1,000. The other guy is Kendall Diggs. Wow. That's impressive. That's your starting third baseman. I And it's, it's weird, like – because it feels like three weeks ago we were like, okay, who's the third baseman? I feel like we had this conversation on the podcast, and it was always in the back of our minds, like you know, Caleb Cowley's the guy. Like he, if he, if he finally picks it up at some point, like he was one hundred percent the guy. And now it's like now that he's hitting, and I will say this: first of all, yes, he's hitting the ball very well. You mentioned it. You know, that's a, a an incredible stat for Caleb Cowley. Caleb Cowley's a good defender. He made some good plays this weekend. He made some good plays last weekend. I mean, like, third base is is a position where you're going to have some balls hit to you that are going to be really hard plays to make. Not everybody is a Caden Wallace or a Jacob Nesbitt or even a Casey Martin his freshman year at third base. Like, those are three really good third basemen. Caleb Cowie's a good third baseman. Yeah, and and defense was, you know, the, the thing I was most concerned about with him coming in, and he's he's been – fairly good and you know what that that play on saturday where he he threw the guy out trying to stretch a single into a double was one of the most brilliant i've ever seen he knew he wasn't going to get the out at third to have the wherewithal to to throw it really exactly where calvin harris was sliding at second base just perfect yeah he it was it was funny he was talking about it he he was like i just kind of had a feeling and he's, I saw a powder blue jersey running, and I just threw it, you know. So, um, yeah, Caleb Cowley, I'm I'm happy for him. So let's get to the John Bolton Parker Rollins deck because that's what I'm excited for. Okay, so I I only went as far back as the beginning of conference play. Okay, because that's you know first month whatever. the The first game of conference play, both Roland and Bolton and Bolton recorded hits in the same game. That was, by the way. That was a double for John Bolton in the, in the third inning. That's the only double in 12 SEC games, only extra base hit in 12 SEC games that belongs to Bolton, Roland, Hudson Polk, or Harold Cole. That's wild. Isn't it? All right. <laughs> that is. So just flipping through the pages here, I think it only happened two other times. Including the Ole Miss game? Um. Let me let me just be sure here. I want to double check. Uh, Roland and Bolton against Nebraska Omaha, March twenty eighth. They both got hits. Okay. Uh, Roland and Bolton. Doo, doo, doo. So, here's okay. The the Sunday game. Yeah, Sunday game against Alabama. John Bolton didn't play because of his injured finger. Mm-hmm. Harold Cole filled in. He got a hit in the same game as Parker Roland. Okay. Um. And then it happened in the early game Friday, and then neither got a hit the rest of the weekend. Okay. Well, there you have it. It is a very rare thing for John Bolton and Parker Rowland to get a hit in the same game. Or just in general, Arkansas's catcher and Arkansas shortstop to get a hit in the same game. Correct. Okay. Uh, other takeaways from the first game on Friday, why the heck are you throwing Dylan Carter? Dude, oh my goodness. This, uh, this was – a, a hot topic in the reporters group chat throughout the day. Bro, um, we should call Hutch and let him talk about it. <laughs> Can I call him? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, call him. See what's Hutch, up. He was Hutch he was, was fuming. <laughs> Andrew Hutchinson was mad. 
I mean, rightfully so, though. Like, what are you doing throwing arguably your best bullpen arm in a game that you could still be winning if you gave up two grand slams? Hey, Hutch, you're live to tape on the Diamond Hawks podcast. Okay. Um, We are going to give you the floor to talk about Dylan Carter throwing in the first game against Ole Miss. <laughs> okay. I mean, like, to go. yeah, no, you go whenever you're whenever you're ready. Okay, well, first of all, the decision didn't make any sense to go with Dylan Carter in that spot because Arkansas, I believe, was leading nine to nothing at the time. It was the seventh inning, so you really only needed to get nine outs. Um, I get that Ole Miss uh, traditionally, you know, looking at the the season numbers, has a very good offense. They're very dangerous, uh, but they came into the weekend hitting two thirty in SEC play, so it's not exactly a uh, super scorching hot offense. Uh, you really probably were not going to lose that game. You could have easily gone with Austin Ledbetter, who ended up throwing the last inning. You know, he could have thrown three innings like he did a couple of either last week or the weekend before he did that, where he just he ate innings. Um, and and I mean, yeah, he'll he'll give up some runs, but I mean, is there really a difference between winning eleven to two, consider or eleven to six? I mean, it, it, it all counts the same in the standings. Um, you would have been able to have Dylan Carter available for game two uh, in a game that was much closer and a game you you know maybe could have gone to him instead of Cody Adcock. And I mean, who knows? The result may have been the same because Dylan Carter did give up <laughs> a couple of bombs in both of his appearances. So, uh, it, but it still doesn't change the fact that you could have had probably your most dependable reliever available for a close game when you actually needed him opposed to using him in a game you have already blown out of the wall, like blown open, you know, Brady Slavin's already hit a grand slam. Every, it was, the game was over. I mean, Ole Miss is throwing in the towel, getting ready for game two and game three, like you should. Uh, so to use Dylan Carter in that situation really did not make sense. And then whenever I asked Dave Van Horn about it, you know, he says one game at a time. Well, yeah, one game at a time, but you've already got this one game done. You've already got that game pretty much sealed. I mean, barring just an absolute monumental collapse. Um, and so I, I don't, I didn't really get it. Um, luckily it worked out for Arkansas. They still won the series, but boy, that, that decision really, really, really did not make sense to me at all. You know, what's even more questionable that I just realized. I know, I know that there were two on and nobody out at the time, but seven, eight and nine in the order were coming up. And let me tell you, TJ McCants and Peyton Chatnier were bad. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, that was a. I mean, the, the bottom of Arkansas's lineup has been bad. The bottom of Ole Miss's lineup was bad. So, that really, you could have gone with anybody. I think you could have gone with a straight to Ledbetter and, and gotten out of it. Or, you know, you ended up throwing Fouch for two innings against, uh, you know, in game two, and he did really, really well. Could have given him the experience then, and then had Carter available for game two. And then plus, it's not like, well, if you use them in game two, you might not be able to use them in game three. Well, game one and game two are on the same day. So it's not like you're trying to, you know, work things around where, oh, well, we can't pitch him on back-to-back days, which he's proven he can pitch on back-to-back days. He did it last week against Alabama. So it, the whole thing just was really, really weird. But, hey, I mean, they, they took two of three, so I mean, I guess that's all that matters. But it's a very questionable decision, in my opinion. Uh, last question here. Have you had any offers to be the head coach of any uh, college baseball programs? Oh, I have not. I'm just some sports writer. So what do I know? Yeah, I just I just figured since you know you're, you know everything, right? You you would get an offer. 
Oh man, that's that's the crazy thing about this whole deal is that yeah, I put that out there on Twitter and like half the fan base was like, "Oh my gosh, you are so brave for questioning the head coach of the Arkansas Razorbacks. Like this is awesome. We've never seen this before." And then the other half was like, "Oh my god, how could you possibly question Dave Van Horn?" And the crazy thing about it all too is that you'll I probably give Dave Van Horn the benefit of the doubt more times than not, and probably more times than I should just because he is so like just he's proven that he's very very good at his job uh but that doesn't mean he's perfect and you can't question you know some decisions like the one he made this past weekend i think that i mean who knows maybe this is something that dave Orn learns from and you know doesn't do it again but it was very very odd you ready for tennessee hate week hutch i know mason is yep. <laughs> definitely ready all right appreciate your time all right see y'all bye what a loser that guy is. He, he 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 had some feelings about that one, didn't he? Yeah. No, I I figured it would be best to call Hutch and just let him do our <laughs> jobs for us. So we can move on to game two here. Um <laughs> Ole Miss wins seven to four. And you know, Hagan Smith, that was the big story. Hagan Smith is starting this game because Will McIntyre, they felt like, you know. I think they felt like McIntyre was getting better, but he wasn't ready to throw for that game. Of course, he dealt with flu early in the week. Uh, they just they went with Hagen Smith, and uh, I don't know, man. Like he looks, he looks good. Like for a couple of innings, I I don't know with Hagen Smith. It's like he's so talented, but. Do you think that he's just better fit for this bullpen role? Because I mean, he goes he goes five innings, gives up four earned on four hits, struck out seven though, walked two. I mean, it's just like he gives up the big hit though. Well, yes. Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to like piece together a conclusion with this because like he goes one, two, three in the first three strikeouts, and then you know pitches himself into trouble. A double makes him pay for a leadoff walk. One, two, three again in the third. Gives up another extra base hit in the fourth. Gives up another run in the fourth. One, two, three, thanks to a double play in in the fifth. So it's like there's no real consistency with it. And, you know, as far as as the bullpen role, like I think it was unquestionably the right choice to start him during a doubleheader. Like, you know, we talked about this decision to make him a wild card, quote unquote. I think – you can only do that if he's going to be able to throw twice in a weekend. He's not going to do that when there's a doubleheader. So just start him, especially when when you're already rolling with a TBA uh, as as one of your three starting options. Um, I think I think it was the right decision. What I mean, Dave called it what average for for Hagen Smith, which is you know a, about right. Um, I don't. I don't think I'm. I'm questioning the decision to start Hagen Smith. I think that that, like, I'm not. I'm really not questioning anything. I'm just trying to figure out like, what what do we think is the best, the best option here? Because you know he's your Friday starter to start the year. Then he becomes your wild card out of the bullpen. I'm not saying they should have started anybody else in that situation. Maybe if you don't throw Dylan Carter in the first game, you could start him. But the the thing with Hagen Smith is like yes it was the right decision to start him but he hit that wall in the 6th and i i just don't know do you, i i don't i don't know it was just right, a tough so game i i have a theory um 
and we talked about this a little bit last time. Like, like I said, I like the idea of trying to get him to throw twice in a weekend, but you just don't know how Friday is going to go. And if you don't know how Friday is going to go, you don't know, you know, how much you'll need out of Hagen Smith. So let's, let's stop. Let's stop this. My theory is use an opener on Sunday. Let him go one inning. Hagen Smith out of the bullpen the rest of the way. On Sunday? Yeah. So, okay. Because wait, wait, hold on. What if that what if that guy who goes one inning is like dealing? Well, then stretch him to two. Okay. So you save it. You're set. What if what if you need Hagen Smith on Friday? <laughs> then you can't do that. You you because you don't want to you don't want to just like be in a game on Friday. You know it's like the eighth inning, one one game. You played a run in the in the bottom of the eighth or whatever. You probably want to bring in Hagen Smith in the ninth. Use Hagen Smith then if that's yeah. the situation Friday, and you know he gives you you know six to nine outs. He can probably go again on Sunday. Maybe not as long as my opener theory. Um, you know maybe he doesn't give you five or six innings, but but. Dave Dave Van Horn since conference play started has been very adamant about taking it one game at a time. You know we heard Hutch talking about that with Dylan Carter and and the nine nothing game, um, but like if if you need to if you need to use him as a closer on Friday, use him as a closer on Friday. Get the win. Don't stretch him out to the point where you can't use him again. Okay, I'm fine with that. I think we need to move on from this topic, though. Um, I agree. Yeah, no, this was just, you know, Revis for Ole Miss, Xavier Revis, their starter. You know, he he threw the ball well. and He struggled with pitch count. He did. I mean, he threw 109 pitches, but it's like, you know, Arkansas just, like, they couldn't break it open like they did in the, in the first game where, you know, you had some hits, you strung some hits together. Of course, they're in the, the top of the fifth. You had the grand slam, like they they really got to him there, but they weren't. Well, that was the first game. That's what I'm saying. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm saying like they couldn't have that inning in the second game like they did in the first game. I I really didn't think it was an awful game either. Like it's just you know it was the second game of a of a doubleheader, and it's really hard to win two games in a doubleheader. It's it's hard to sweep for sure, but I think the reason that it was so frustrating is because they stranded eight runners in innings two through five, and that's what contributed to Revis's high pitch count. You know, they were they were probably one hit away from chasing him at any point in the second through fifth innings. All right, I I don't I don't really have much else to add to this game. I other than like Christian Fouch, I think the kid's going to be really good. Um, yeah, I agree with that. He's up to five scoreless sec innings this year so that's that's quietly very encouraging um as far as as far as other takeaways from that game brady slavens with another multi-hit game um so yeah multiple yeah, yeah so he, run. he had five hits and drove in six runs on friday alone so great day for brady slavens and then peyton stovall like you mentioned a uh, couple of leadoff singles and then a two-run home run to to sort of get him going. I talked to him after the the after they won the series on Saturday. He was like, "Oh, you know, 100%. That got me going for for 
for Saturday when he had two huge two out hits as well. So yeah, um, the the final score of this game does not really reflect how it went because Stovall did have that two run homer in the top of the ninth. Right, where where you're like maybe they could get a rally going. They couldn't, but right. It was, I, I wanted I wanted to use the word meaningless to describe that home run, but in the grand scheme of things, I think it was actually meaningful for for Stovall himself. Yeah, and for the Arkansas team, like Peyton Stovall was a first round draft pick coming out of high school. You need that guy going. So, right. uh, he, he and Brady Slavens both doubled their SEC hit totals this weekend. That's wild. Um, from my expert uh, opinion. I think that Christian Fouch throws a really good splitter. To be honest with you, this this has been this has been known for several months now, and so if you're if you're uh, if you're just tuning into to uh, the the Christian Fouch hype, dude's got a splitter. He has a splitter. All right, Robert. You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna we we're gonna do a Chinook Cedary ad read because. Oh. We are still sponsored by them, and I mentioned in the last episode, we need to have some of these breaks where people can just, like, take a second, regroup, get their get their thoughts together, and uh, you can even hit the, like, skip 15 seconds thing. I, I love doing that when the ads come along um, on the podcast I listen to. So Chinook Cedary, go to ChinookCedary.com, order your seeds, use code DHP10 at checkout for 10% off your order. Uh, they have a new flavor, Lemon Pepper. Uh, Robert, you got that one. You think it's good? Think I think it's good. Yeah, I uh, that was that was one of the several I was rotating on my trip to and from Oxford to keep me keep my mind limber. All right. Uh, of course, the cinnamon toast is our favorite, though. The cinnamon toast is incredible. I mean, like I if I could only eat cinnamon toast seeds for the rest of my life, I'd be a happy man. I love the cinnamon toast. But if you don't get the cinnamon toast, Parmesan and pepper, that's great. Jalapeno ranch. I like that one, too. Uh, Hatch chili. The hatch chili and the the hatch chili and the jalapeno ranch. You need to have like a bottle of water ready to go, if you're if you're like myself and it just like hits you hard. Robert's a big dill pickle guy. Robert, one of the biggest pickle guys, uh, you'll ever meet. He just loves pickles. I I come from a long lineage of of pickle people. My my great grandfather ran the pickle plant in Atkins, Arkansas. All right, there you go. Robert's a pickle people. Um, they also have smokehouse barbecue and original. So. Uh, go to ChinookCedary.com, code DHP10 for 10% off your order at checkout. Uh, thank you to Chinook Cedary. Great seeds. Great seeds. I wish they would send us just boxes full of cinnamon toast, but they probably forgot about us because they're getting big time. I think they're like the official sponsor of D1 Baseball now or something like of, that. Of USA Baseball, and I think D1 Baseball got in on the action too. That's let me, wild. Let me, let me add this about the cinnamon toast seeds real quick. I went on a, I went on a UNLV podcast when – like right before that two game midweek series happened. And the first thing they asked me was what I had for breakfast. And my answer was cinnamon toast, chunk seeds. That's I'm going to be honest with you, Robert. That's pretty bad. You don't need to be having just seeds for breakfast. Well, I don't eat breakfast normally, but that particular day, I think I was walking around and I was just like, you know what? I think I want some cinnamon, cinnamon toast seeds. Okay. Uh, all right, let's move on to game three. Arkansas gets the win six to four. Um, Stovall, multi-hit game. Cowley with a with a big, big home run. Caleb Cowley, I mean, that dude. 
hitting dingers. This one was the center. I will say the baseball team tweeted out it was off the batter's eye. I don't think it was. I think it just snuck over the fence. I thought I saw it hit the blue. Okay. It might have. I, I On TV, it looked like it just snuck over the fence. I'm not trying to discount what Caleb Cowley did. I'm just saying. Uh, and then, of course, Will McIntyre. Yeah, he, he looked okay. Like I, it's It was another situation where Dave Van Horn was like, he's not locating. So it's like, when is Will McIntyre going to locate? <laughs> uh, but And then Dylan Carter comes out, and then Gage Wood. I think Gage Wood is the story of this game. Gage Wood's on... Undeniably, the story of this game. I, I mean, I would I would argue defense had a lot to do with it. Um, it was it was what Ole Miss did wrong and what Arkansas did right defensively that you know it it cost Ole Miss runs both ways. You know, I talked about the play that that Callie threw the guy trying to stretch a single into double out at second. Uh, McIntyre helped himself picking a guy off. Um, you know, he he got himself into some trouble there in the fifth. He only made it through four and two thirds, but. He got that second third because he he picked the guy he let reach via leadoff single off. Um, so, you know, that was both of those plays were or those outs on the bases were huge because Ole Miss ended up scoring, uh, tying the game instead of taking the lead. Uh, and then Arkansas, you know, scored 300 runs on a Jacob Gonzalez error and a TJ McCants error. So um, defense was huge. But, yeah, Gage Wood coming in. What was it when he took over? It was five to three and then he uh he got himself into some trouble but um you know a couple of strikeouts and a and a, and a fly out to jace borfin to to get him out of it grab an insurance run get it back to two to two runs uh the 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 lead was two runs and gage wood was solid from there on out one two three in the eighth and uh works around a leadoff or a one out single in the ninth Punches out Peyton Chatagnier to end it, fired up. Hogs win the series. You know what I would say about Gage Wood? What's that? I would say he nutted it up. <laughs> he really just nutted up, got it done. He brought the wood. Gage Wood. I like Gage Wood. I like Gage Wood. I think that, you know, you, you kind of put it in your story. He's like a – or maybe not in your story. I think you put it on the message board. He's like a really Jekyll and Hyde pitcher. Um, but when he's on, he's on. And and you can tell when he has the confidence because he's like he that he'll get the ball back from rolling and he'll like put his head down and he'll be like, well yeah I mean like takes a deep breath I mean you can tell when he's on and when he's not on he just he's like you know just a ghost face like white I mean you you can you can tell and I think recently especially the last two weekends when he's gotten two saves uh, he's he's been on he's been on more than he's been off. It's it's been way more Jekyll than Hyde. Um, you know, I we talked about the message board. I think I was getting some criticism for not including him in my story. Hyde came out um, in the seventh inning. Like the tying run was at third base, and the go ahead run was at first. I think like it it looked scary um, for for a minute there, but then uh, you know Dave Dave Van Horn said it himself. Like once once they scored that run in the eighth to get it back to, to get the lead back to two. I think that did wonders for his confidence. And we saw Jekyll again, Um, you know, like I said, six out of the last seven guys, he retired one out single in the ninth, no problem. Um, So it was, it was encouraging to see him string two multi-inning saves together. 
Um, I'd like to see him do it one more time before I'm completely sold on him because I know that he's he's struggled this season. And, you know, it's not that's not something to worry about because he's a freshman. He's going to figure it out. He's going to become, you know, a very, very effective bullpen arm for, for Arkansas at some point during his career. If not, if not this season. Um, but I'd like to see it. I'd like to see him repeat one more time before I'm sold. All right. Um, let's move on to weekend MVPs. All right, your weekend MVP at the plate, Robert. At the plate, I'm going first. Okay. Um, I think the answer for me has to be Caleb Callie. Um, I I wanted to say Peyton Stovall right there. I really did, but I'm gonna go with Callie, and I'll tell you why. Uh, the the two out home run in the second to get the scoring going that was big. Um. You know, that that ended up being as many runs as Ole Miss scored in that. So he was uh, he was very good in that game. Uh, the two run home run. That's all you need. Um, drew a couple of walks in the second game in a in a game that wasn't really. Didn't really have much to offer in the way of offense for Arkansas. And then he was he was essential in in uh, Saturday's game, not just because he had that that home run to get the scoring going, but. He uh, he led off innings five and seven and got on base and scored. So um, Caleb Callie, great weekend situationally for him. Uh, overall, he was four for eleven, drove in three runs, scored four times, two taters, three walks, three strikeouts. Always love to see that ratio even. Um, and of course, it's a small sample size, but uh, fifteen hundred OPS. That's the best on the team. So Caleb Callie, weekend MVP. All right. There's a lot of good options. Um, there are a lot of good options. I'm going to take – it's tough. I think I got to go double MVP, Peyton Stovall, Brady Slavens. I think they got to split it because they were the two guys that really needed to get it going. Uh, Slavens had five hits. Stovall had six. Stovall had five RBI. Slavens had six RBI. So um, big weekends for those guys. Of course, they both had a home run. Uh, Slavens was the the grand slam in the first game, so I think that those both of them had uh, big confidence weekends, and I, I think that's good for them moving forward. It's good for Arkansas as well because they were your two returning guys in the starting lineup, and they were two of the guys struggling the most as of late, and so that was good for them to get that going this weekend. Yeah, going into this weekend together, they were 11, six, 11 for sixty four. This weekend alone, they were eleven for twenty five. That's big time. That's big time. All right, you're uh, your MVP on the mound, Robert. MVP on the mound. Oh man, where do we want to go with this? I'm gonna take Hunter Holland. Okay, that makes my choice easy then. Yeah, go ahead. Talk I'll, about I'll Hunter. Let, I'll let you have the easy choice. Uh, yeah, Hunter Holland. You know, after the bad start that he had against Alabama, where we mentioned, you know, might have been tipping pitches. We don't know. Uh, but goes six, gives up three hits, doesn't give up any runs, struck out four walked three. Um, it was just another Hunter Hall and outing, outing that you, you've grown to um, just expect this year. That's why the Alabama game was so surprising because you just expect Hunter Hall to go out there and give you about six innings and give up at least, I mean, like less than two runs probably for the most part. Like he's, he's really good. Uh, he went out there on Friday in the first game, got the job done after probably getting all the way warm on Thursday and ready to go. Um, and then has to go back out Friday and does the same thing and 
pitches well. So Hunter Holland, you're my MVP on the mound. Yeah, I bet that's particularly cruel for the starting pitchers to go up until 20 minutes before game time before you realize that it's not happening. Yeah. Um, he he told us after the doubleheader, you know, he was telling Parker Rowland after he got yanked from from the Alabama game. He's like, I've never never had back to back bad outings in my life. So it ain't about to start right now. Hunter Holland is a dude full of confidence. I love I love how he's really just not afraid to say whatever he wants, you know. It it's very fun to listen to that guy talk. Yeah. I'm I'm sorry that our interview went sideways with him. That is very unfortunate. I mean, just to be quite honest, you could not hear a word he said. So, like, we were sitting there talking to him, and, like, we didn't know when to start talking because when he stopped talking, it we couldn't tell if he was done talking or because it was glitching out. Like, it was just really bad. It was tough. Right. Anyway, my, my weekend MVP at the mound, um, it, it's got to be Gagewood. I mean, there's there's no other choice. For for him to to come into that situation, we we're like seventh inning. You're 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 turning to him right now. Like, of course, he had the save against Alabama, but he came in with two outs in the eighth. So uh, we weren't we weren't sure if they could stretch him out that long. Wasn't looking really sharp in the seventh. Like I said, turns it around eighth and ninth, ends up getting the save. Um, huge, huge, huge series win, and certainly would not be possible without um, the services of Gage Wood and. Shout out to the uh, outfielders, by the way. We haven't mentioned the diving catch that Jared Wagner made and the the long, long, long running catch that Josenberger made for the first two outs in that ninth inning. But uh, they uh, they certainly played a played a role uh, in in helping Wood get that save. All right, there it is. Your Ole Miss series recap and weekend MVPs. Now it's officially Tennessee Hay Week. It is Tennessee hate week. I'm so excited. I've already had Tennessee fans in my mentions. Uh, just just saying the absolute dumbest stuff. Like there's this one account that they put like they put out a thing. Let me just pull it up because it's freaking wild. Um, I quote tweeted it and here we go. Uh, a week ago, LSU set a new attendance record when Tennessee came to town. This week, Arkansas fans are calling to set a new record when we come to town. Keep in mind, it's going to be a weekend full of softball, baseball, and a spring football game. So let's just go ahead and throw it out there that there's going to be a ton of fans in town already. It's the second weekend in April, so that's like prime time for baseball, for people to travel up to Fayetteville and watch baseball. So, uh, And he said, Tennessee is fantastic for college baseball. Anyone that says that, of anyone that says otherwise is a fool. I must be a damn fool, Robert, because I think that that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life to say that Tennessee is fantastic for college baseball. Call me a fool. I'm a fool. That guy's an idiot. And he said, facts don't care about your feelings or opinions. I responded to something that you said that is 100% opinion and not fact at all. It is 100% opinion. So, It's not fact, and I don't care who cares about anything that I say. Like, I don't care if you care about my feelings or opinions. I don't like Tennessee baseball. If you don't like that, I don't care. I I would like to play devil's advocate on something you said a minute ago. Okay. You were talking about softball in the spring game. Uh, Surely, surely they, uh, they scheduled all of those events together knowing that they could draw a bigger crowd against Tennessee, right? I mean, like, what were they going to make the spring game on? 
it, it just lines up with the way that they've been practicing. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, like I'm sure they could have done it for the Tennessee game, but it's like the, the, the series before and after the Tennessee series are road series. And so like, when are you going to start spring practice? You would rather have your spring game on a weekend that you're also having baseball. So it's not like, let's just go up to Fayetteville on Saturday and then leave, you know? Okay. That's fair. I mean, like if they were playing, I don't know, Georgia at home this weekend, it, it they would still have the spring game. It just so happened that they were playing Tennessee that weekend. They even had to reschedule this series. Remember? I don't, I don't remember exactly what happened, but they, they, they screwed up the scheduling. They, they gave Arkansas, Missouri twice in a row and not Tennessee when they hadn't played Tennessee since 2021. Yeah. So speaking of this, can we, can we use this as a segue to, to talk about the state of the sec right now? No, I'm not done. Oh, okay. I'm not done with Tennessee. Hey, we go. Okay. All right. All right. The, this Tennessee team, man, I, the, the way <laughs> that they just want to, they, they act like they, that they're the, they're the program. Like they are the bar that this is, this is, if you're, if you're a, a premier college baseball program, this is where you need to be at. You guys didn't know you had a baseball team until Tony Vitello showed up. That's just how it is. Like you never heard about Tennessee baseball. They, first of all, Tony Vitello is turning into a college baseball version of Rick Barnes because you can't, you can't win the big one, buddy. He, he just can't do it. And you can talk about Dave Van Horn all you want. But the guy gets it done. He gets to Omaha. Sure, he hasn't won a national championship yet, but he gets to Omaha, right? Like he gets it done in the postseason. He continues to re reload, not rebuild. There is no rebuilding with Dave Van Horn. I don't know, man. I don't know. It, it, at least Arkansas is not having all this crap that Tennessee has go has going on all the time. It's just it's just they're pros. They do it the right way, and Tennessee doesn't. I'm gonna I'm gonna say two things. One of which you like. One of which you won't. Um. Tennessee did make it to Omaha in 2021, correct? Yeah, and they lost the two games they played. There you go. That was the other thing. They they have been to Omaha. They have not won any games in Omaha. Yeah, uh, trust me. I know. <laughs> I know. Um. Anyways, we can save the rest of Tennessee Hate Week for Friday. But just be looking out for my Twitter. I'll, I'll be posting videos every day. That's for sure. Okay. Anyway, I feel like we would be remiss if we didn't mention the fact that Arkansas is currently leading the SEC West. Yeah. Like in yeah. sole possession of first place because LSU had a game canceled due to rain. I was about to say, shout out to the weather in Columbia, South Carolina for that. Also, shout out us as a podcast for before that series, picking South Carolina as our future team. That was just absolutely big brain from the Diamond Hawks podcast crew. Yes. And, and how devastating was it to watch LSU score five unanswered runs to win the 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 middle game of that series. I mean that whatever. Like I don't I don't really care. South Carolina was going to win game three for sure. So <laughs> well, that's, that's where I'm at with it. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Also worth mentioning, Florida beat Tennessee over the weekend. So Tennessee five and seven, uh, in in league play. That's good for fifth in the East. And uh, I mean that's that's in the bottom half overall. You want to say you want me to say something good about Tennessee? Um, they're really good at winning games when the series is already over. There you <laughs> go. That's, um, that's one good thing about Tennessee. I was uh, I was in the radio booth after the game Saturday, and I was listening to Phil Elson talk about um, 
you know, the state of the conference, right? He mentioned that Tennessee's up to 10 losses on the year, which they only had, I can't remember if, if, if he said that's the same number as they had last year or almost, or, or maybe they had 11 last year. But um, either way, they are not the same volunteers from 2022, that's for sure. Nope, sure aren't. I'm excited for this weekend, man. I'm I'm really excited for this weekend. I'm re- I'm so excited for this weekend. It's it's gonna be a fun one for sure. You want to know what sucks? Spring football is gonna freaking ruin it too. It's just why. Like I I wanted. That's why I'm upset about it about this the it being this weekend is because it's spring football is gonna take some of the spotlight away, and this is this is the biggest series in a while. It really is. Like the LSU series was fun, but we're talking about a, a series here, Fayetteville. Baum Walker, Arkansas, Tennessee, the last time these two teams met in a series, what happened when they were walking off the field? We got to ask Dave Van Horn about it. He's not going to tell us. I just I want to know what was said so bad. We tried to get it from Connor Nolan. He, was, he wasn't able to hear it. We got to go. We got to go study the film, see who was around to see what they were saying. I know Nate Thompson was right there. Um, we got to figure it out. We really do. All right, uh, let's wrap up the Diamond Hawks podcast, though. So uh, two midweek games against Little Rock. That's, I mean, like, I think Wednesday's Bark in the Park, maybe. Um, so that'll be fun. But 6.30 on Tuesday, 4 on Wednesday, both of those SEC Network Plus. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Tennessee, coming to town. 7 on Friday, 6 on Saturday, 2 on Sunday. We'll preview that on Friday. So thank you guys for listening to the Diamond Hawks podcast. You've been listening to the Diamond Hogs podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Chote Mason and at DRStew32.